Today's episode is about dealing with loneliness as a survivor. Peace and blessings, everyone. This is Elegant Granny, your restoration strategist and creator and host of the Proactive Eye podcast. Last episode, I continued the transitions series talking about rebuilding a relationship with yourself. And in that episode, I gave four different ways you can accomplish this while transitioning after a life of abuse. If you missed that episode, the link will be in the show notes and on the blog. Today's episode will be the final installment of the Transitions series, and we are going to focus on dealing with loneliness while transitioning. For those of you who have made a decision to be supportive of those transitioning from a life of abuse, The goal for today's episode is that you will understand the nature of patience it takes to be supportive of a survivor, especially when it comes to dealing with matters of the heart, and also to share ideas a survivor can think about utilizing to give added support. Having to leave someone you love, no matter if they are abusing you or not, is one of the hardest things to do. Yes, it may sound strange that it is hard to do when they are abusing you, but that is one of the things that just gives you a clue on who is actually loving who in the scenario. As a survivor, there are still pieces of me that often wonder what life would have been like if my ex-husband was healed from his past trauma from his childhood. Don't get me wrong now, that joker has no place here. But as a strategist, My mind wonders about the cause and effects of behaviors and if the affected individual would have made decisions differently. And this is something I think about for everyone in my life, not just him. Survivors of abuse have a hard time letting go of feelings just like everyone else. This is why in a previous episode, I stated that the first 90 days are very crucial. Just because it was necessary to end the relationship and the survivor is now in a safe place does not mean their feelings for the one they left has ended. It takes time. And the longer a survivor has been with that person, the harder it is to heal. Love is not something you can turn off or on like a light light switch. It is a matter of a growth and maturity which requires patience. Getting over that person involves the same thing. This time, instead of having patience towards the other person you are in a relationship with, it is important that the survivor understands it is time to redirect that patience towards themselves. And to best support them, supporters, survivors need a lot of patience from you. For those of you who are survivors, Granny wants to say, You got this. You are embarking on a new journey now, so be proud of yourself. Yeah, it feels like hell because you still love them, but that's okay. That just confirms you're still human. What is not okay 
is you still being in a space where they or anyone else can harm you in any shape or form. Now let's get to how we deal with loneliness. Acknowledge the state you are in. Being lonely generally means you are sad due to isolation from the one or people you love or abandoned by them. If someone is not willing to acknowledge how they really feel, it makes it harder to resolve the effects that come with how you are feeling. There is nothing wrong with acknowledging how you really feel. And for those who think you can just tell someone, oh, you just need to get over them. First of all, this is something they already know. So is it something they necessarily need to hear from you? The second thing is, it is easier said than done. Be very careful and observant of where that person is in their headspace. We have to be careful of the words we shell out to people as they are transitioning because you never know exactly where they are in their headspace or the decisions they have going on in that headspace. So it is very important that we do our best to be careful and ask questions more than giving directives. You'll be amazed at how much more you can get from a survivor by asking rather than telling. The second thing is change your response to what you are feeling. So let me tell you what I mean by that. The first thing is think of you rather than the person you left. Now this is the hardest part, which seems strange, but yes, this is the hardest part. The hardest thing to do for a survivor is think of themselves rather than the person they left. While in the relationship with the abuser, most everything about a victim's or survivor's whole existence is about the abuser. So once they are in a safe space, it takes a lot of time and patience to redirect energy. This is one of the reasons I strongly suggest seeing a mental health specialist once leaving a toxic relationship. The same thing does not work for everyone and you need guidance on what is best and customizable for you so you can be successful as you transition. Another thing that you can do to um, change the response to what you're feeling is to volunteer. Find something you would love to do or learn a trade in and see where you are able to volunteer in that arena. The benefits of volunteering are not only, not only will help you from feeling lonely, but those skills you are utilizing and that you pick up can be added to your resume and maybe help you getting a promotion if you are already employed or find something great if you are not. Sometimes where you are volunteering may have a position opened you can fill because now you have the skill sets needed to fill that position, just to give you an idea. Another thing you can do um, to help change the response to what you're feeling is Get yourself into some self-care, and I suggest this heavily. This goes right back to what I was saying earlier about thinking of yourself. It is so important that you do this to help with the healing process and to deal with loneliness. 
As a survivor, I found that the more I focused all that energy I used on other people onto myself, it was so much easier and quicker to heal and move on and be successful with life. Now, there are like a few different areas that I'm talking about, such as your health, your finances, and your education. Um, and you don't have to particularly do education. That's just something I just do in there. But the two main areas that are most important for survivors are their health concerns, their housing concerns, and their finances, mainly the health and finances. The question here is, what can you realistically do that you know you will stick to? Now, this involves your health, your finances, education, your housing, all of that. Now, let me give you an example of what I mean by health. Um, I decided what was important for me health-wise was to um, up my game with being more plant-based because I found that being going plant-based from vegetarian, I was once a vegetarian and then I decided to be more plant-based, which has significantly helped me health-wise. And that was something that I realistically know that I can do. I didn't think, and I know for sure that I wasn't going to be able to just do it just 100%. So I decided on every so often up my increments of how much plant-based that I would be. So right now, um, two years later, I am about, about 80 to 85% plant-based. Now, by the end of this year, I'm going to try to get it anywhere from 86 to 90%. This is what I mean by being realistic, not, you know, you just like all of a sudden you just want to be a vegan and you just go, go, you know, go ho with it. Um, sometimes you need to just be easy with yourself because a lot of times um, just like relationships and just like with anything else in life, sometimes you get disappointed and sometimes you let yourself down. Doing it in smaller increments and measurements, um, what, what do they call it? Smart goals. Um, this makes it so much easier, even with your finances. If you want to save money, don't just say, okay, I have a job now. I'm going to save $100 a month. Well, you, you have to also figure in other things that you have to deal with. You may not be able to always keep up $100. Sometimes you may say, all right, I need to do something for myself. Well, that $100 may go to somewhat, something else. So maybe start with, hey, I can, I can save $10 a month. That's how I started off with. That's just to give you an example. I started off with $10, saving $10 a month and I just kept moving it up. Every so often, I just started moving it up. You are a great asset in this world and it is especially important after a life of any form of abuse to see a physician and a mental health specialist to help you excel as you recover. Let a granny know in the voice message feature or by email at proactiveeye at gmail.com some things you do to help you recover. 
I would love to hear your story and get your perspective on why those things are valuable to you. It has been a pleasure sharing with you today. All links to connect with me and free resources are in the show notes. Feel free to download episodes and take advantage of the free resources provided. You can visit the Proactive Eye blog at bit.ly forward slash PE podcast blog. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash PE podcast blog. You can also connect with Proactive Eye on Instagram and Twitter. The handle is at Proactive Eye. And on Facebook, the handle is at Proactive Eye Podcast. This has been your host, Elegant Granny. Thank you for your support and visit again. And remember, healing is a continuous process, not a one-shot deal. Much love, peace, light, and healing vibes, family.